Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Rest Stop. We're live here on Thursday night in Las Vegas, 9 o'clock Pacific time, February 25th, 2021. My name is Brad Restituto. I'm your host of the Rest Stop. Thanks for joining us. Got a good show for you tonight uh, as we're finishing up the primetime game on TNT and the NBA. Great night of NBA action uh, over the past couple days in the past week. We're coming up on All-Star break, All-Star week. Uh, so we'll get into some NBA and seeing how it's going to shape up for the rest of the year. But some fantastic basketball tonight as the Pelicans and the Milwaukee Bucks going back and forth, uh, fearing the deer in Milwaukee tonight. And the Pelicans and the Bucks both are two of the most head-scratching teams in the entire NBA. So inconsistent up to this point, but so much talent. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo having a fantastic game for Milwaukee. Giannis, 37 points. And Zion Williamson over the past month has been just unstoppable. Uh, and seeing how unstoppable Zion is, how much improvement Lonzo Ball has had at the point guard position. Steven Adams in the middle. It just makes you wonder how the Pelicans aren't above 500, but a team like the New York Knicks are one game below 500, and they get a big win tonight, scoring 140-plus points against the Sacramento Kings. So we'll definitely get into some NBA right off the bat. Got a good show for you. We'll also talk – we'll pick up some of the conversation we left off on Tuesday with Mike Pritchard uh, talking a little bit uh, about the state uh, of the mental health of professional athletes in the NFL. I took Brian Bravo's request and I watched the movie Concussion today. I was a little late to the party. I knew quite a bit about CTE, of course, the injury induced by, I'm sorry, the, the disease induced by concussions, a lot of head trauma, a lot of information in that movie that I didn't know, a lot of details. Uh, so we'll discuss more about that, the, uh, the mental health aspect of professional sports. Uh, I got a nice, fun interview for you towards the end of the show uh, with Braxton Selvey. He's an eight-year-old young man here in Las Vegas. He's an avid wrestling fan, and little did I know he has many more talents than that. So we'll get into that towards the end of the show, so make sure you stay tuned. And if you miss any part of this podcast live, make sure you check out the live audio and video version of the show on my YouTube channel, Brad the Believer. Subscribe, like, give us some support there. You can check out this show live on www.twitch.tv slash Football. Download the, the Twitch app. The rest stop will be underneath that umbrella. And, of course, the audio podcast version of the show can be found on any of the podcast platforms. Search Landry Football Conference Call, and the rest stop will be underneath there. So I want to thank everyone for joining us. Stick with us here, and we'll jump right into it. Joining me, as always, every Tuesday and Thursday, Spencer the Wiz, Spencer Ostrowski. Follow him on Twitter, at Spencer the Wiz. Spence, we're in the house tonight, and the NBA is rolling on TNT as the Milwaukee Bucks and New Orleans Pelicans are going back and forth. Over 20 lead changes in this game, Spence. They're, they're battling it 
tooth and nail, and two teams, Spence, that are so head-scratching because they're so freaking talented and they're so inconsistent. Like I said, you got a team like the New York Knicks who are at 500, and the Pelicans, they can't even broach 500 this year, and they're so talented. And I'm telling you, and tell me if I'm wrong, is Lonzo Ball not playing his ass off and starting to be in the conversation for most improved player? The guy's over 40% from three. He's a great leader on the floor. He's solid defensively. If he could stay healthy, this guy's got to be at least in the conversation. He's playing really solid basketball. Six of ten from three tonight. I mean, he's been great the past month. Yeah, it's honestly more it's honestly more exciting that uh, he might be on a different team come soon here. I don't know if the Pelicans are going to be able to pay him or will pay him what he's looking for. He is having a career year, and he will be you know, in the conversation for uh, most improved player. It's I don't the the whole Zion experiment is actually quite fascinating. Uh, and you look down his stats, I think he has over thirty points tonight. Uh, he had like a really crazy block and all that, but for some reason he just doesn't impact winning. And it's not like he doesn't have the team around him to do so. They have one of the more talented rosters in the NBA, in my opinion. Uh, Stephen Adams and Eric Bledsoe. We didn't Josh even mention Hart. Brandon Ingram. He's been great. Brandon we didn't Ingram, even you know, him. people are saying is one of the best small forwards in the league. Maybe they, Redick, one of the best role players in the entire NBA. I mean, this team is uber talented, Spence. They could beat any team on any given night. And if it was a three-game series, they could beat anybody there too. There's no doubt about that. But they can't consistently win in the league. And they're, they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot coming into the year. Yeah, and the thing is, is that people think that Zion is this all-encompassing, uh, exciting player like LeBron was in his rookie season. Now, I'll agree with you in terms of athletically being an absolute freak and a monster. Of course he is. He might be more athletic than LeBron James, even in his rookie season. Uh, the, the way It's just unnatural the way that he looks. And, uh, you know, a lot of people criticize him and say that he should be losing weight. Uh, you know, there's always validity to that. And I'm sure it would help him a bit. But I think it's actually hard, like the way just his bo- his body type is, his metabolism maybe, uh, that it, it might not be possible. But at the end of the day, you can't like he first of all he's like barely he plays the power forward position but he he can't guard anybody he's not very good defensively and i've seen games this season where he's been healthy and he has been sat out in the last few minutes of the game because he's such a liability at that point uh is he fantastic to watch is he one of the most fun players to watch in the nba yes absolutely i love watching him jump 50 billion feet in the air and volleyball spikes and stuff but they're going to need more out of him uh, this entire season, you know, keeping his head in the game. Like, it's not all about him. It's got to be difficult for him because he was a celebrity as a very at a very young age in high school. Very Again, very much like LeBron, the way he's coming up media-wise. And who knows how big LeBron would have been in high school, the way social media works today. Uh, but he's going to have to get out of his head a little bit. He always seems a little s- separated from the team. I never really see him dapping it up with his teammates. And not to say that they hate him, but there definitely is a, a lot of room to improve. And Brandon Ingram's going to have to step up too. Uh, not on the stat sheet. He was a borderline all-star this year. Uh, he obviously wasn't going to make it over someone like Paul George. But uh, I, I don't know what it is they need out of him. I, I think you can be a non-vocal leader. So I, I think it's within the possibility, but he's going to have to show, like, like, get the respect of his teammates. Steven Adams is a goofball, and Eric Bledsoe is a total, you know, decent role player, but certainly not someone who you talk to in the locker room to confide in. And I know I was long-winded about the Pelicans, but at the end of the day, the main points here, Zion's got to get better and impacting winning and on defense. Brandon Ingram is going to have to, uh, you know, be the guy that everyone looks to. Spence, don't worry about don't worry about being long-winded. This is, uh, uh, you know, we're definitely hitting it off strong with NBA. And, and look, with with Zion, he's got to be more of a force on the boards, Spence. I mean, I think he's averaging six or seven rebounds a game tonight. He only had eight. He did have six assists, 34 points. I mean, there's no reason as physical as he is that he can't be averaging 12, 13 rebounds a game. We know we can block shots. So I think, I think he can get there, Spence. I really do. I think with coaching and with him – reflecting and watching some film in the offseason. He's certainly the guy that they're going to build this team around. Now, as far as as Lonzo goes real quick in free agency, I've got to believe LeVar Ball. I've got to believe that he's going to try everything he can to get the brothers together and and talk about how amazing that would be because LaMelo Ball is starting to separate himself with the Rookie of the Year conversation, Spence the Wiz. They get another big win uh, as a big dog last night on the road and with a, a roster that doesn't necessarily stand out to you. 
they're winning some games that a lot of people wouldn't think they'd win. And LaMelo's getting better and better each game. It's so fun to watch because we've been following the Ball family for many years. A lot of people think LeVar Ball is a clown, thinks his kids aren't any good. Man, I love the fact that they're stepping up to the challenge. They're playing better basketball. And Spence, I told you I was a big Lonzo fan. And he this year he's living up to what I thought he would be, finally. Okay, so the believer Spence knows what the hell he's talking about in sports. It just doesn't always happen on my watch. And this is great. I love to see it. I love to see it. I think he can continue to get better, better Lonzo and LaMelo. And LaMelo, is, he's playing better than I can even expect it at this point with no offseason. The kid's got way more confidence than any of the other ball brothers. And he can do whatever he wants. Spence, he's a great ball handler. He's so long. He can get to the rim. And the, and the great thing is, is you don't know whether he's going to pass or shoot. So the defense has to respect that. And he's so athletic and long that if he just has that sixth sense like he did last night, he gets to the cup. The defender can't commit to him because he may drop that dime, and he goes and slams it and takes the lead. It's just if he keeps improving that shot, man, the the Hornets may have the best draft pick they've had under the Michael Jordan regime. And I love seeing the Ball family succeed, and, and the two brothers are both playing well, and I'm ready to see Jello get his shot. Uh, well, I don't know about Jello. I don't even think he likes to play basketball. He just does. He what might his not. Does. He might yeah. not. And his dad. Uh, he not that he's untalented, but the way he plays out there is pretty loosey-goosey wild just trying to get it over with no but uh in terms of Lamelo, he's i uh actually assumed he was gonna have the six assists and the six rebounds which is what he's averaging now he was yeah. just very talented he's very big at his size for the point guard position yeah i thought he would struggle to score a little bit more and he is he's only shooting 43 percent on the season he's averaging 16 uh but i think during that time Devonte graham was out and who's averaging over 20 points per game uh just playing a lot better the best thing about his arsenal, and I pointed this out like during draft season, is it's great that he has the essentials to become a great guard in the league, like limitless range. Some players you wouldn't, you couldn't uh, imagine them taking a deep three. Now he takes a few of them that he shouldn't. Sure, you can say the same thing about Trey Young. Say that about most players in the NBA, right, in my guys. opinion. Uh, so he'll he'll learn to mature, and I think it's great that he's away from his dad. I, I doubt his dad ever makes his way up to Charlotte, at least not too often. Uh, so I think the more he distances himself from him, not that he should have not have a relationship with his father, you know, just not having him on the sidelines every single game, I think is is good for his development. And because he has some <laughs> childish tattoos, which I saw today. But other than that, uh, he he has been very impressive for the team. And I, I said the Hornets would be the most fun team in the NBA to watch. I think it's true. Yeah. The, the, the addition of, uh, you know, Miles Bridges that they had and Patrick Williams or not Patrick Williams. I'm mixing up names here, but um, I think his name's P.J. I like the roster. PJ Washington, to, maybe. Yeah, yeah. PJ Washington. That's right. And we know, you know, Gordon Hayward. Gordon was Hayward's playing solid ball. I mean, we didn't like that contract, but he's playing good ball. Look, yeah, I, I'll give Jordan credit. <laughs> I'll give Brago credit. The the Hornets. Uh, look, they keep winning games, and and they'll be in the conversation. And look, Spence, I love you know I love to pat myself on the back about my elite talent evaluation, but I got to give you credit where credits due. You, I asked you before the NBA draft who your sleeper was, and you were. Uh, convicted that Tyrese Halliburton was your guy. And this guy is in the top two or three, at the very least three, conversation of Rookie of the Year. He's playing amazing basketball for the Sacramento Kings. Now, the Kings aren't winning as many games as they would like to at this point in the season. They've had some kind of up-and-down spurts. A lot of teams that we talk about have done that. Halliburton again tonight off the bench spent 17 points, four rebounds, four assists. I mean, look, you were spot on here, man. Uh, the Kings – they lose tonight to the Knicks. The Knicks are only one game under 500. Julius Randle, again, leading this Knicks team, 21 points, 14 rebounds. Now, that's the type of number Zion should be having in the rebound department, which I think he can get there. Derrick Rose, like the acquisition there, 18 points tonight for D. Rose, 7-11 from the field, 2-2 two two from the three-point line, and 2-2 two two from the free throw line. So, D. Rose, a nice performance. And Alec Burks off the bench, 24 points. Isaiah Quickly off the bench, 25 points. So, look, Tom Thibodeau is showing that he's a damn good coach because he's done it everywhere he's gone pretty much. And to do it with a Knicks team that on paper doesn't look very talented, it's pretty impressive from the Knicks, but that's lost in the fact that I was giving you credit for your Tyrese Halliburton evaluation. And Spence, I I know it's, it's tough to navigate our opinion on the league itself because it's not the basketball we saw in the 70s, 80s, and parts of the 90s. But the talent level is so great, it's tough to bet. But on night-in, night-out basis, to see these guys 
play at such a high level. It, it, we love basketball. And if you love basketball, you're going to understand the changes with the game. But overall, still, it's a fun game to watch if you're a basketball fan, which both of us are. Yeah, and I think it's going it, to – it'll be like a pendulum. Well, maybe not a pendulum, but I, I do think we'll see a setback. I don't know if you saw the end of the Nuggets game, the Nuggets-Wizard game, which I'm kind of sick to my stomach because I had the Nuggets tonight. This game should have gone into overtime. So at the end of the game, uh, they actually got a huge rebound, a huge stop. It was like a steal or a missed shot, something like that. And the Nuggets got on the fast break. Down two, mind you, only two, with like seven seconds left. So they have time to go down the full length of the court. They got a a long rebound. So it was a three-on-one situation at the end of the game. And instead of taking it to the rack for the easy bucket to go into overtime, they passed the ball twice uh, at the three-point line just to try to win the game. So, you know, the Warriors revolutionized the three ball. Everyone thinks that they have to shoot every – uh, you know, every shot has to be a three or, or there's no uh, mid-range game anymore. And then now what you're seeing is resurgence of the center position. Uh, and, and, and you know, the Rockets obviously tried to go to the true extreme of that and try to say that most of your shots should be threes. Uh, so everything, you know, requires balance. And I, I think a lot of it is reactionary. And these changes can't happen overnight because when the Warriors are revolutionizing, revolutionizing basketball, Guys got massive contract, four-year deals where they should not have because they could shoot the ball a little better than anyone else, like David Bertons. I don't think a guy like him will ever get that kind of money ever again. Uh, but until his contract is <laughs> up, until all these guys' contract is up, we're still going to see a lot of this uh, type of ball. But you're going to see a lot more development into the post. I think recently it's a higher percentage shot just naturally. And, pe- and people are learning how to defend the three-point ball more efficiently than ever before. It took a few years to figure out, kind of like running in quarterbacks in the NFL – where like RG3 and Colin Kaepernick were having field days their first season. And it was the the new hottest ticket, the new item. You got to get a, a mobile quarterback who can run the ball and, and pass the ball uh, equally as good or equally as well, I should say. Uh, and, and then, you know, they adjusted. RG3 became basically unusable. Colin Kaepernick, even before his whole arc or storyline, whatever you want to call, he wasn't playing that well either. And I think that's what's happening too. Uh, but to talk about uh, Tyrese Halliburton just for a second, uh, it's actually interesting because will Tyrese ever be a multifaceted three-level scorer who can handle the ball like Chris Paul? No, he will not be. So he has a clear ceiling. But what I think is interesting is that NBA teams are like only interested in potentially the greatest player. Like Anthony Edwards on paper with his uh, you know, intangibles, the way like his size it could be really good, but he's shown that, you know, he's pretty ineffective uh, at times. His shooting percentage is awful. He's been really bad. But you knew, like we knew, or I knew from day one that Tyrese was going to be a pretty good guard. That's just a fact. He He's going to be an effective guard. He's going to be able to shoot the three ball from a quite an extended range. He's going to be immediately one of the best pick and roll point guards in the NBA, which my opinion he is. Uh, but because his ceiling wasn't that high, he fell all the way to the Kings, which is disgusting. He never should have done that. Uh, so I think... People in the in the draft need to change their philosophies. And you could say the Chicago Bulls did that a little bit too, with Patrick Williams getting drafted like fourth or fifth overall. because, uh, you know, he's not that great, but he's very solid. He he will put up good minutes for them every single night. So it's just the poor franchise are looking for more marketable guys. So they take higher risks in the first three. Uh, Tyrese will definitely I don't know if he'll make first team because he'll have to be fighting with Lamelo. If he can get the two guard spot, he definitely will be first team, if not second team at minimum. Spence, uh, I, I want to talk a little bit more about the Wizards again winning uh, in impressive fa- fashion. But let's talk a little bit about uh, the gap. The parity gap is kind of closing a little bit, I think, in the NBA. You've got teams being more and more competitive. I mean, if you go all the way down to the Cleveland Cavaliers, which is the second to worst record in the entire Eastern Conference, they're 12 and 21. Well, if you move all the way up to the fourth seed, the Indiana Pacers are 15 and 15. So in the win column, they're only three games out. And we're talking about from four all the way down to the last team, uh, the next last team of the Eastern Conference, Spence. And really through, I mean, we're talking for most teams, you know, 33, 32 games. I mean, we're, we're talking the Cleveland Cavaliers, only 10 games out of the win column out of first. So nobody's dead yet, at least in the Eastern Conference. We go to the Western Conference, of course, the Jazz off to a racing 26-win start. You know, the Houston Rockets and, and Timberwolves are the worst of the bunch, but the Oklahoma City Thunder, who, uh, you know, have 13 wins, 19 losses, 
only one game in the win column behind the Pelicans, who we just mentioned. And this is incredible to think of with Billy Donovan gone, no Chris Paul. People are thinking this is going to be the worst team in the league, Oklahoma City. There are only 10 games in the win column behind the Clippers, who are the two seed. I know 10 games seems like a lot, but in the grand scheme of things, it's really not. I mean, that could change around right before the All-Star break. And we're talking about, and I'm talking about away from the two seed. They're only two, they're only a game out of the win column, right, of the night seed Grizzlies, and four games from the Nuggets. The Nuggets are the eighth seed right now, who was in the Western Conference Finals last year. So I think, Spence, aside from the maybe bottom, bottom teams, we're seeing teams a lot more competitive from top to bottom. How can you explain the freaking Thunder? have 13 wins it looks like they're going to go over their win total they're competitive every night I feel like the gap is closing a little bit and with this COVID and with the injury situation I I know it it does I I know you're giving me that look there but night in and night out it's hard to predict man no it it is and the only point that I uh I essentially agree with you but there is like one quintessential part that I don't and it's that the NBA is much less competitive now. And when I say that, I'm talking about playoff time. Teams like outside of the top three, you want to talk about the East, like they wouldn't even be in the playoffs if they played in the West. So yes, do teams on a night to night basis, are they more competitive? And it is basketball a little more entertaining because any team can win on any night. Yes. I actually think this is a pretty good year of basketball. I've enjoyed watching it quite a bit, but when you say competitive, I think has a chance to make a run at the playoffs. Uh, no one forward and down for the East is going to touch anybody. So that's out of the question. And is anybody going to beat the Nuggets? Or The Nuggets are probably not even going to make it out of the second round this year. Is anyone going to challenge the Clippers, the Lakers? And you could say the Utah Jazz, although I'm, I'm still not convinced on them just yet. I know they're winning a ton of basketball games, but I think it's going to end up killing them in the end. Uh, so... Yes, is the league more entertaining? Is it more competitive from my standpoint? Absolutely not. It's actually extremely less competitive. The fact that the Grizzlies were able to take out the Spurs as an eighth seed about six years ago, or it may have been six or seven years ago now, uh, that is a truly competitive NBA uh, because they went to the conference finals like a small market team. Small market teams have zero chance of making the finals right now the way the league is structured and the way player movement's going. If you're just joining the show, the rest stop every Tuesday and Thursday, 9 to 10 Pacific time on twitch.tv, Chris Landry Football, the rest stop underneath there. That's Spencer the Wiz. I'm Brad the Believer. Uh, we're talking heavy NBA right now. We're also going to get, get into a couple pop culture topics in the news, and then we're going to finish up the show tonight with an intriguing eight-year-old. His name is Braxton Selvey. Talked to him a little bit yesterday, and we'll bring that interview to you. I thought it was going to be a wrestling talk, but this guy's got – Many more talents at eight years old than I could have ever imagined. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Uh, Spence, to finish up our NBA talk, you, you make a really good point. Um, and it, how interesting would it be if we were talking three game series in the first couple rounds? Then I think yeah. some teams might have more of a shot. And look, Spence, we can't discard this COVID stuff and the injury situation off this short season. The Lakers clearly are not the same team right now. As they're they're free falling at the moment, they're playing right now how I expected them to play at the beginning of the year. Now I don't think we're ready to overreact yet, but uh, you know they had another loss. Was it was it last night? They got destroyed by the Jazz. And uh, Brian Bravo to answer your question, the Jazz their their chemistry is a plus right now, and they're shooting the three ball better than anybody here over the last twenty games. I mean, I think what they have spent over over eighteen or twenty threes last night. Everybody is cooking from the three point line. Joe Ingles, uh, Jordan Clarkson is going to be the sixth man of the year. I think he's building a huge lead for that conversation. Donovan Mitchell, of course, we've talked about him. He's one of the rising stars in the league, and there doesn't seem to be any ill will with Rudy Gobert from last year. That that guy is is up to this point living up to that big contract he extended. He's hitting his free throws. He's a presence in the paint. And you mentioned it, Mike Conley. And Spence, you know Mike Conley well. He was a former uh, star with the Grizzlies. The Jazz are just getting contributions from everybody top to bottom. And Quinn Snyder is a fantastic basketball coach. And if the Jazz continue to play with this kind of chemistry and they stay healthy and other teams don't stay healthy, we could be talking about the Jazz with an opportunity to win 
their first NBA championship as the Utah Jazz. Carl Malone, John Stockton attempted and failed against the Jordan-led Bulls. The Jazz have a real shot to win this title if they stay healthy and other teams don't. Yeah, a lot of credit uh, deserves to go to Dan Schneider's way, and he is the uh, coach for the All-Star game, if I'm not mistaken. Quinn Schneider. Quinn Schneider. <laughs> Dan Schneider, the creepy uh, producer. That's a discussion <laughs> for another time. Uh but no, uh, you know, from top to bottom, they have a great team. The stepping stepping up of Jordan Clarkson, who played okay last year, but now he is like kind of the dedicated sixth man of the year. Bogdanovich, I think, was hurt last for most of last season. Mike Conley's having – he was hurt last year. He had actually a pretty bad injury. There were times where they were talking about him coming off the bench. So it's nice to see him as a Memphis Grizzlies fan kind of get it back on his feet and play the way that I was accustomed to seeing him play for the first – you know, my entire life basically for 10 years in Memphis, however long it was there. I also, you know, the bond, the bandaging of the relationship between Rudy Gobert and Mitchell, you know, none of this happens without that. And I, I think there is some sort of factor that the fact that they are in Utah, Utah, you know, there isn't much to do. And, you know, it was Donovan Mitchell <laughs> was in my, <laughs> in my opinion, at least. But, you know, if you're in Miami and you're around celebrities or if you're in L.A. and you're getting people in your ear kind of telling you what to think, he may have truly been gone because, you know, influencers and just the whole idea of celebrity life. There is no celebrity life in Utah. It's pretty low key. And I think Donovan Mitchell actually doesn't like living in Utah. I've heard he doesn't, uh, you know, support some of the policies that Utah puts out. They're a little more of a conservative state, obviously. Uh, but yeah, you know, I think the fact that all they had really was time to amend their relationship probably played a little bit, uh, you know, the reason why they're so successful. There's no distractions over there. And in, in addition to having a great team makeup, I'm sure that's the most important part of it. Uh, but th- they're playing as a cohesive unit. They're winning without Donovan Mitchell. That's how good they've been from top to bottom. Uh, because once they, you know, the fact that they have Bogdanovich and Ingles, I think is really the core of how their team works. Two defensive minded three and D guys who are very good, uh, you know, goes a very long way. Joe Ingles in particular is one of the best knockdown shooters in the league. Anytime you have that comprised is good. The only issue long-term is I know Donovan Mitchell is a superstar. He doesn't make the kind of shots that LeBron James makes or Kevin Durant, those ridiculous, how did you make that? Or there's no way you should have made those kinds of shots. And to, to win a championship, you have to do that. So until I see that from him, I, I think the Utah Jazz could go to the conference finals, but past that, I say no. Yeah, well, we got to see how the dominoes fall with these other teams. You know, Ka- Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in and out of the lineup. So I just don't see the consistency yet to this point with the other teams that are going to tell me that they're going to be able to sustain this shortened offseason, shortened season. I- I've got to believe Paul George and Kawhi will be ready to go playoff time, but they don't have Montrez Harrell, which is a big glue guy. Uh, on that team, Lou Williams is not playing like I'm accustomed to seeing him playing. That's going to really maybe be championship basketball. Maybe Kawhi turns that switch under head coach, new head coach Ty Lue come playoff time. And I could easily see that happening. How healthy will this team be? That's the question I have. And will they be able to do it over seven games? I mean, they failed last year. Uh, I, I do think they'd be in pretty good position, especially if Anthony Davis doesn't get back fully healthy. So, look, it's going to be a great run here in the NBA, and we're in the heart of basketball season right now, Spence. We're we're in the middle of the offseason of pro football, college football, and the draft is coming up, which we'll get into next month in the month of March. I know Spencer the Wiz is diving into that deep. I know Brian Bravo and some other people out there are big baseball fans. And here's the thing. Pitchers and catchers will report soon. But the here here's the thing for me, guys, at, at the rest stop. And, and Spence, you know, you may have a different opinion, and please try chime in. But at this show – For me personally, baseball is too long. I can't deal with 162 games, especially with no people in the stands. Like, come talk to me playoff time. If there's some big-time news that we should get into with baseball, we'll get into it. But I'm not going to sit there and talk for any length of time about an elongated season where you're going to have game after game. If there's some big stories to talk about, of course, we'll hit it. But you can't deep dive into baseball like you can basketball with a season where – a lot of the time, every game counts. That's not going to be the case with this long baseball season. So to me, it drags on too long. I wish they'd shorten the season like they did last year. There's more storylines. Uh, it's definitely every game matters in Major League Baseball when the season is as short as it was last year. But for the most part, 
come playoff time, we'll dive more into baseball. I know, uh, of course, here locally in Las Vegas, the Golden Knights are a big deal. We're still in the beginning stages of the season. It's tough with no fans. Uh, the Knights are playing pretty well here locally in Las in Las Vegas, which we, of course, still have full support. College basketball, we're coming up on March Madness, Spencer the Wiz. Here locally, UNLV basketball has been extremely disappointing. You can speak to that, Spence. I mean, a lot of people on social media here locally are saying TJ Osterberger is the worst coach in the Mountain West Conference. I have not followed them enough this season to make that assessment, but I know they're definitely not playing very good. Their record's not very good. Uh, they're losing to teams they should probably beat, and that's not the expectation. Desiree, Desiree Reed Francois, the athletic director of UNLV, that's not the expectation she had when she hired TJ Altsberger to come uh, from, I believe it was uh, North Dakota State or North Dakota, South Dakota State. It was no, one right. of those yeah. one of those three. When, he, when they brought him over to come coach this team, the expectation was him – to bring them uh, back to the level of competing for a Mountain West title. That has not happened, and that probably won't happen at the way they're going right now, and they'll be looking again for another coach to get this program back on the rise. And this is a program, Spence, at UNLV as you know, college basketball, like I said, in the height. We're coming right on the doorstep of March Madness in this pandemic-shortened basketball season. But the UNLV basketball program has been an afterthought in Vegas sports now with the Raiders here, uh, with the Golden Knights. I mean, we're even talking a AHL minor league hockey before UNLV basketball. And this is not a good sign for UNLV basketball, UNLV football, who had a terrible year. That should not be happening here in the Vegas Valley, which is becoming a sports mecca, an entertainment mecca, regardless of this pandemic. Vegas is a great place to live. It's a great place for sports. And these two once prominent, uh, well, maybe not football, but the basketball program was very prominent in the 90s, is nothing to even talk about right now. It's very disappointing here in Las Vegas. Well, UNLV has to change from a fundamental perspective. Before, you know, they had one of the best coaches in the country, that Texas Tech guy. He got a sniff of what UNLV was. Yeah, he got a, a, a taste of what being a UNLV coach is like, and he left. He signed his contract and left as soon as he got another offer that was uh, attractive to him. As I uh, sit here in the seat right now, uh, February 25th, I also have not gotten my degree. I graduated in December. I do not have my diploma just yet. So I mean, it goes well beyond that. That's just a random criticism, but I just wanted to say in, in a public forum so I have a chance to, uh, you know, but beyond that, like actually being at school, it's not a real school. You know, you can get your diploma from there. And that's what I'm hoping I eventually get at some point in my life. Uh, but there's no culture. Like I bet you there are, there are uh, students at the school who have no idea we have a football team. It doesn't at never one point was I like, wow, I, I'm so glad I got the quintessential college experience. Now I worked most of the time, so I'm sure I didn't fully engross myself. But still, when you walk around, it's very separated. You know, they have fraternities, but they're very weak. And there's probably a couple of days where you notice them. Most of the time they're annoying. Uh, you know, you have people begging you in the parking lots and stuff like that uh, to join their groups or people have been assaulted like right on campus. Uh, and police never seem to be there. I can't imagine if you're a kid and you're going through the gauntlet of teams and like maybe you want to join and you get this tour of Auburn uh, or Ole Miss because I went to an Ole Miss game. And you're walking around beautiful flowers and vineyards, whatever you want to call it, as you go through the campus. It's truly a riveting experience. The one time I went, I saw uh, an Ole Miss Auburn game, and like you, as you're walking through the stadium college age kids are walking onto the campus talking about the game talking about school uh, and then you want to go to a, a UNLV basketball game you're scared of getting mugs before you walk in for the most part there are no students there probably only the season ticket holders who remember when UNLV was good uh, so I, I can't imagine that's and also our education just isn't that all that good now I had some fantastic teachers I don't want to say I didn't, but I don't think people you view UNLV as the top academic school in the country or top 10, top 100. No one's going to mention them. Uh, so, and the thing is, is until UNLV basketball is good, no one's going to care about them. It seems kind of obvious to say that, but I do believe if the team was going to March Madness, there would be a lot of people talking about it in the city. It holds a sure. lot of weight. The UNLV basketball program does, but until they can make the school a school, they will never be successful. And I, you know, I was there for four years. So I think I have a pretty valid opinion when I say that. And all, all the friends who I talk to kind of share that same sentiment on UNLV.
That's Spencer the Wiz. Follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. Spence, I hope you're ready for the Brian Bravo experience, okay? Because he's losing his mind in the chat here. He's he clearly is tequila up over here on the chat because he's talking about uh, he's got a law degree uh, and he he's just losing his mind right now. Brian Bravo has no such thing as a law degree. Don't let him fool you here. Uh, LSAT. I mean, anything Bravo says, you might as well just chalk it up to the Jose Cuervo, okay? you got to ask him for proof, Spencer the Wiz. And, and I'm introducing this, and we'll bring it out now. Uh, Spencer the Wiz will be taking over the rest stop March 16th and 18th, a Tuesday and Thursday, as the Believer will be out of town. And I'm trying to orchestrate a Brian Bravo, Spencer the Wiz episode. But, Spencer, you're going to have to have your fishing pole and all of your hooks in for this Brian Bravo experience because this guy is a lunatic and he has to be controlled because he's losing his mind. He's, he's just going all over the place. There's no such law degree anywhere in the realm of the life of Brian Bravo. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to hotkey his mute button somehow. I'll have to program that. (laughs) Oh, but it's great. It's great that Bravo's in the house. He's now El Chapo's lawyer. He's saying, this is fantastic. Great job, Brian Bravo. I'll give you credit there. That's, that's excellent stuff there, my friend. Uh, Spencer the Wiz, Brad the Believer, the rest stop every Tuesday and Thursday, 9 to 10 o'clock Pacific time. Brian Bravo may have biscuits in the oven as we speak Hopefully. as we're wrapping up this uh, segment here. And, and Spence, uh, let's quickly get into, uh, speaking of two chupacabras, a uh, little pop culture news as it's came down in the storyline that uh, in, the, in the stories of pop culture that Lady Gaga has two dogs that are missing. And why are these dogs missing? Because her dog watcher was shot. And now there's a reward of $500,000 uh, for the safe return of Lady Gaga's two dogs. And immediately spent, without doing any research on this story, I'm sniffing out scam. It's got to be a scam. And here's how I think it's going down. This is an orchestrated hit by the dog walker to collect this ransom. I'm convinced of it. I think he was shot. Okay, well, whoever it was orchestrated their own shooting to collect part of this reward money. It seems feasible to me. How else could you explain it? Well, there is a video. Spence, I just lost you. You can't can't dive out on us in the middle of this breaking news from this morning. Lady Gaga, a 500K reward. There is a video of the guy getting shot and he's like screaming. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not saying I wouldn't if I got shot. I'd probably be a little hysterical, but the guy was really hysterical. And they took the, I, that would be crazy. If he if he's willing to get shot for $500,000, now you might say, sure. Spence, but are you not willing to get shot for $500,000? You got to really trust the guy to not hit some sort of vital area. You know, maybe if it's in the shin, I guess you'd oh, probably. Are you kidding me? That would be one of the worst. The shit? Where would you, if you had to get shot, where would you in the arm? I guess in the arm, in the upper chest, where I could not. Oh, get I wouldn't the heart. Want to get shot. I mean, that's well, scary. If I could get you're away from the lot. heart, yes, yeah. In the leg, is, in you're the planning, upper leg, maybe? you're planning a hit or not a hit. You're planning to get shot with somebody, and it's going to be on camera because you know that you know, like whoever neighborhood she lives in, probably everybody has very advanced camera systems. And that's how that's how TMC got the uh, footage is because their neighbor's little camera there. Okay, so me and you, I'm the dog walker, and I say, you want to shoot me. Okay, so we say, we'll stage it in the open street. It'll make it look great because it'll get picked up on camera. Now, the only issue with that is if I say I want you to shoot me in the chest, well, we got to do this in one take because we're not going to practice me getting shot in the chest. Right. And when you're a little nervous... Even if we're planning this, like we're friends, whatever, you got to aim the thing at me while still yelling at me, trying to convince me. I, I do not trust anybody who is going to shoot me uh, that close. So I would say the shoulder would probably be okay, but you really got to be dedicated to get shot in the shoulder. That could cause like damage for the rest of your life. So I, I say no. I say this is real. The guy's screams were pretty convincing to me as I watched the video. And you'd, you'd, be, you'd have to be pretty convinced uh, that, that that this would lead into that handsome payday because uh, I think this could this could end up being like a thirty for thirty pop culture style with this whole situation and story as the news just keeps getting weirder and weirder by the day. Spence Tiger Woods uh, in a daytime automobile accident that almost cost him his life. Lady Gaga's dogs uh, are gone. The dog watcher shot five hundred thousand dollar reward. 
So I, I really don't know what the hell is going on in this world. I'm just lucky that uh, me and you can come to a place of peace every Tuesday and Thursday on the rest stop. But Spence, uh, I'm going to get everyone prepared for this next spot here as I talk to a quite interesting young man over the last 24 hours. His name is Braxton Selvey. And to tell the audience how this came about, uh, Cassandra Cousineau, the sports nista, a friend of mine who also works here in the sports media, put a post on Facebook talking about uh, her son's love and passion uh, for wrestling. And he was actually doing a report on a wrestler. Well, in initially, of course, that tugged at my heartstrings because I'm a huge, huge wrestling mark. I've been since I've been six years old. I've got stories for days as a kid watching wrestling, loving wrestling. Uh, and of course, back then, you never really had a clear avenue how to get your foot in the door in the wrestling industry like you do now. It's all over social media. In my day, it wasn't that much readily available. So I wanted to reach out and pursue Cassandra to talk to see if her son Braxton would come on the show, talk to us for a little bit. And I wanted to kind of pick his brain about his passion for wrestling. So uh, I got to do that here in the last 24 hours. We'll play some of that for you. And not only did I learn a little bit about his passion, I learned some stuff uh, that was certainly unexpected. So we'll play that some of that for you uh, right now. All right. Welcome to the rest stop. This is February 25th, a Thursday. And joining me as a special guest here on the rest stop, avid wrestling fan, possible future star in the wrestling industry, Braxton Selvey. He's eight years old. He's a big wrestling fan. And I'm excited to talk to him about some of his wrestling passions today. And you'll see next to him. His lovely mother, Cassandra Cousineau, also known, known as the Sports Nista. And you can follow all of her stuff, Instagram, Twitter, at the Sports Nista. She's been, uh, she's blessed me and, and allowed me the opportunity to speak to her son. Braxton's her son. And Braxton, thanks for coming on and talking to me a little bit about wrestling. I'm really excited to learn more about you today. Thank the you first thing, the Oh, you're welcome. I'm excited to have you. The first thing I want to ask you is, uh, when did you first start watching wrestling, and who introduced you to wrestling? Um, well, my dad mostly, but like usually in California, when we lived in California, my, me and my brother played like a WWE game. But the, when I first started watching, it was a Monday Night Raw, and I watched it with my dad. Is your brother that you wrestle with, is he older or younger than you? He, he's 14. Oh, okay. So you didn't necessarily get the best of him in some of those matches, I imagine, around the house? <laughs> he tried. He tried. He's been wrestling his brother, I think, since he was six months old. That's when they started. <laughs> well, it's good practice, Braxton. You'll, you'll eventually get the best of him. Trust me. I had a younger brother. Uh, that I wrestled with quite a bit. He's much larger and stronger than me now, so you'll get the best of him at some point. Uh, so, do you, do you and your dad still watch wrestling together, or is he is he? Are you more of of the fan than he is? I'm more the, of the fan. Okay. Now, do you just watch WWE, or have you checked out some of the the new wrestling at, on AEW? It's on TNT channel. Um. Well, I watch WWE all the time. Well. Maybe like every day, but um, I might start watching AEW. All right, I think you should. I think you'll like it. If you remember, do you remember the Shield in WWE with Roman um, Reigns, D Dean Ambrose, and uh, Seth Rollins? Yeah. I was gonna um, just say that uh, Dean Ambrose is in AEW. He's his AEW. name there is John Moxley. John Moxley. Yeah, so it's pretty fun. I, I if you get a chance, definitely check it out. Uh, that's kind of like my go-to thing right now and a lot of guys that used to be in the wwe are over there but uh, enough about that um who are your your favorite guys in wwe your favorite guys to watch and guys you root for the most um well my first one is edge and christian my third is one of the partners of the new day uh would that happen to be kofi kingston um it could be kofi kingston all right, well, who who else is up there? Big E, Xavier Woods? I mean, if you had to pick one, who would it be? Um, I, either Kofi Kingston or Big E. All right, as you can see, uh, I, I wore my New Day shirt yeah. today. Because, <laughs> Braxton, I heard you were doing a, a report on Kofi Kingston. Is that right? Um, 
Well, I haven't started it yet, but I've been thinking about it. Okay, you're thinking about it. Okay, your mom told me you had some options, and he was one of the options. Yeah, she yeah. pushed him into uh, Muhammad Ali, but he was like, well, I'm going to do both. I'm going to do Kobe Kingston and Muhammad Ali. I. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so t- tell me, do you, is wrestling one of your top passions? Do you love it like uh, more than some other sports, or is it just something that you – like every now and then what it, what it seems like to me from what your mom told me is you you have a, a great passion for wrestling and, and you you love it a lot is that is that true uh, yes do you see yourself uh, what would you like to do in the future um, well i want to be, become maybe like a wmd reporter yeah well like somebody that like announces the matches or just like maybe uh, writes about what they saw on the different shows I might be like one, someone who like maybe announces or the other thing. Uh, journalist? Yeah. Do you have a favorite announcer? Um, no. You don't, do you like Corey Graves? He does some of the stuff on uh, SmackDown. Or are you not a big fan of his? I'm, I'm a big fan of Michael Cole. He's pretty, I, I like him, but he's my favorite announcer. Like announce whatever it's called. Yeah, announcer Michael Cole. He's a, he's all right. He's not my favorite, but you know we all have different tastes, and I I respect the fact that you like Michael Cole, and he's your favorite. You know that could that could be you one day because you know Michael Cole doesn't only do the announcing. He does a lot of stuff and work with wrestling behind the scenes. Scenes. He helps put some of the matches together and and coach some of the guys that are kind of new into the industry. So he has an important role. Uh, within wrestling so he's definitely somebody that's cool to be a fan of um he's been trying to push me to get a youtube channel so i'm i'm stalling a little bit let's see where (laughs) where the uh the effort is but perhaps hey a youtube channel will be a fun thing braxton i'll support it and if you let me come on with you to talk wrestling i'm certainly open to do something like that so what else do you really love besides wrestling? Do you like to do anything else or anything else that you have a, a lot of passion for in your in your life outside of school? Well, video games mostly, but I like building Legos, playing instruments, and I am like I am a purple belt in Taekwondo and I've been doing it since I was four. That's a pretty cool accomplishment. Congratulations on that. Uh, hopefully, when you start your YouTube channel, you could put some of your Taekwondo videos on there, too. I think you'd build quite the following with all your interests. Yeah, uh, that's cool. You're certainly uh, a lot more talented than I ever was at your age. What instruments do you pay, do you play? Mm, well, I, wanted to, I want to play the bass guitar, but I play the p- piano um, and... I play the piano and the ukulele. That's pretty cool. Do you uh, how, do you like to play with other people? Do you like to play kind of by yourself? Do you have do you, do you do like stuff with a band? Do you have any interest in that? Tell me more. I'm I'm just curious about. Well, I'm just by myself for some reason. Yeah. Some <laughs> <laughs> uh, COVID. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that's of course a big reason. Um, what are some of your favorite video games? Are you a Fortnite guy or? Uh, yeah, I'm a Fortnite guy. I'm also I play WWE Battlegrounds. WWE. I also play WWE uh, 2K20. That's probably pretty cool. Uh, I was I was huge into um, the uh, wrestling like 2K. I'm, I'm kind of an old guy now, but I'd probably say. 13, 14 years ago when Brock Lesnar was first kind of a big thing. Uh, I was playing those video games and they were awesome. I, I, I would play them for hours and it was a lot of fun. Um, since then, though, I'm not as good at all of the controls. So I had to kind of retire my video gaming career. Uh, guys like you and some of your probably friends and online colleagues uh are, are much more skilled when it comes to all the combinations and buttons you know i, I liked the playstation <laughs> when it only had four buttons so uh it's oh a little gosh, tougher for I me didn't know that there was, i've never played video games i don't know 
Well, Sports Nista, go ahead, go ahead, Braxton. Well, I literally play by myself, but I also play with my brother, and I play with science friends that are like 14 or 13 years old. Well, and his sister tries to boss him around a little bit too. <laughs> Is your sister kind of bossy? Uh, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> uh now your your mom who's sitting to your right uh of course you could see her shirt it says the sports nista do you, are you familiar with some of the stuff that she does some of her work in journalism she's a sports nista of course <laughs> <laughs> do you do you uh do you like some of the stuff that she does and, and some of the people she talks to in sports do you think yes. it's cool? Yeah. He was telling yeah. me some that he wanted to interview. Who did you tell me today you wanted um, to interview? Anthony Pettis and um, Tia Fima Lopez and Tia Fima Lopez. I mean, not Tia Fima Lopez. Uh, Anthony Pettis, he trained at the same spot that I, I do, the same organism, which is <laughs> Taekwondo ATA. And um, he competed against my Taekwondo teacher, Mr. Eco. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, you know, and, and your mom definitely will be able to answer this better. But uh, there was a uh, an enormous knockout in boxing this past weekend. And uh, Sports Nista, you can help identify the names to the uh, people. Uh, but I think you know which one I'm talking about. Over the weekend, it was like on ESPN. It was a left hook that really put the guy into a, a state of unconsciousness. Uh, so I'm going to have you jump in here and talk about that this weekend, that fight real quick, because now that we're talking about combat sports, that one stood out. Ooh. I had to show it to my barber, even though I don't have any hair. <laughs> they, they do the beard. Um, I had to show it to everybody I talked to because it was really impressive. Man, so of course it was Oscar Valdez versus Miguel Burchell. It was kind of one of the, the big fights of the year, the early part of the year that we're looking forward to. Oscar Valdez comes in as the underdog, smaller guy, just stepped up in weight class, and he controlled the entire fight. He had to be perfect, and my God, he was perfect. Uh, rocked Burchelt in the fourth and like continued to have him wobbly until the final uh, TKO came, I think, in the 10th. And um, it was it was an amazing performance. I thought Oscar really hadn't been the same since Scott Quigg. If you remember, he fought seven rounds with a broken jaw. And um, that changes a man. You know, mm. you get a fight with, with, you know, your tongue hanging out your mouth for uh, seven rounds. But Oscar has proved to be, I call him, a different kind of dude. He uh, is in with Eddie Reynoso, along with Canelo's in that camp. Uh, Ryan Garcia is in that camp. Andy Ruiz is in that camp. And I, if iron sharpens iron, man, he came in ready. Loved it. Loved, loved, loved the performance of Oscar Valdez. That's the voice of Cassandra Cousineau, also known as the Sports Nista. And to her left is Braxton Selvey, also known as Big Nings. Uh, he's a <laughs> wrestling fan. He does Taekwondo. He performs musical instruments, loves video games. Uh, and I know there's a couple other things I missed in there, but, uh, you know, he's quite the eight-year-old and I'm excited to talk to him. And Braxton, tell me about this nickname, Big Nings. How did you get that? And uh, it, it seems pretty scary to me. If I knew somebody by the name Big Nings, uh, I'd probably stay as far away from him as I could. <laughs> Well, usually when I was like a baby, when I was like bad, uh, I used to say like names repeatedly. And then like soon, even though that it wasn't big, my mom just came up with big names because she thought it was funny. Yeah, your mom is quite the uh, comical character. I know she's done some stand-up comedy and she's very quick-witted. So uh, it doesn't surprise me that she helped uh kind of push that nickname to the forefront and he's a little guy so it's like very it's an oxymoron for certain you know <laughs> i'll be here sometimes you know they're doing virtual school and i'll be calling big names and i won't know that he's off of mute so like the teachers have heard me say all kinds of crazy stuff in the background braxton how on a scale of of one to ten of all the people you you know uh, where does your mom rank as far as on the wild scale? Uh, is she more wild than your dad? Is she like more wild than your teachers? Like, 
out of everyone you know, is she just like, is she like a wild woman? Uh, she's very outspoken and funny. Be honest with me now. Don't no. not tell me the truth. No. We're about to make a top wrestler. Uh, I um I have to say yes because I don't want that smoke. But <laughs> <laughs> there, there. my sister. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so you're, you're, who's the who's the toughest out of everyone in the family? Your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, or you? Mm, uh, it might be my dad, then mom, then would be my uh my sister, <laughs> then my brother. Your sister's just me. Just, just, yeah. She's not too. She's she's a lot of bark, not a lot of bite, huh? Oh no, she's a lot of bite. <laughs> oh okay. A lot of bite. <laughs> so so if 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 your dad and your mom were a tag team, uh, how successful would they be? Would they would they be able to take some people out or uh, are, are, speak up just a little bit, Braxton, so I can hear I you. Mean, I, they could, but if they went against like Braun Strowman, come on, man, yes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Braun Strowman might get the best of best of a lot of us. So oh, no. <laughs> I would have to use my biggest muscle, which is right here. I don't there know. Braun, I know Braun Strowman could get with that. <laughs> well, look. <laughs> Braxton, I really appreciate you taking some time out of your day to talk to me about uh, yourself and your passion for wrestling. And also, I want to thank your mom, the Sports Nista, for uh, also coming on and allowing you to come on. I'm, I'm very uh, fortunate to be able to talk to both of you guys, and I'm excited to, to kind of follow what your next move is here uh, in life. I know it's tough being eight years old and uh, in the middle of this pandemic, not having school and stuff, but you definitely have a big supporter in your mom. And now you have a new fan in me. So uh, I'll be looking for your YouTube channel and I'll be asking questions to find out, uh, you know, what exactly you have going on, because I definitely like to, to follow your career a little bit from here and uh, in whatever way that I can learn more about it and be of help. I'm excited to, uh, to see your path. So good luck to you. And thanks again for coming on the show for a little bit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you All right. For well, you're welcome. You guys have a great night, and we'll talk again soon. That was uh, that was my conversation with Cassandra Cousineau and Braxton Selvi, also known as AKA Big Nings. That was really fun. I, I couldn't help but uh, laughing there at the end as there was some funny stuff. And uh, I look forward to seeing what Braxton does next. Very talented young man, of course. Uh, big wrestling fan like myself at that age. So, uh, you know, maybe we could get together uh, after he's done Taekwondo and uh, go to a wrestling school or something and throw some chairs at some people and, you know, throw a few uh, crescent kicks and karate chops. I'm always down for that. And especially the way Jack jump back on here, because it's funny. We talk about wrestling and combat sports and all that stuff. Cause I have to tell you what I've done recently. Uh, this is great. So what I've done recently, Spence, is uh, me and my girlfriend have purchased uh, a pair of boxing gloves and we go to the park and I let her just beat on me and I try to work on my defense skills so I could take a punch, move from a punch. Uh, I don't give the punches back, of course, but she gets out her aggression and energy and then uh, I try to work on my reflexes uh, against somebody not quite as quick as Floyd Mayweather. So. Uh, it's, it's been fun so far. It's a great workout. Uh, I may look like an idiot for wanting to take punches, but I find it fun. Spencer the Wiz. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I boxed once in high school and it, it was a great time, but I got tired a lot quicker than I thought I maybe thought I would. Wrestling, you can understand it's very physical, you know, that obviously that's the nature of it. And boxing is too, but you wouldn't think like just throwing punches after like a few minutes would really like exhaust you, but there's a... <clears throat> And I was again, I was in high school, so I was pretty in pretty good shape. I, I couldn't barely keep my hands up after a few rounds. Boxing is an awesome, awesome sport. It is, it is a great sport and uh, it's tough, you know, so you definitely. Um, yeah, bra Bravo. Those gloves will be ready for you when you get to Vegas, my friend. You, I'll give you the free reign as many times as you let me choke you out in some of those tequila written days. I'll give you the gloves and let you beat on me a little bit. And we'll see how my uh, practice against the lovely Amanda is against the Brian Bravo right and left hand. So uh, 
We'll follow that closely. And Spence, you'll have to film that when Brian Bravo makes it to Vegas and we're in the park and I let Bravo uh, take some shots at me. We'll see who gets the best of who. I won't get to hit him back because that's not the rules, but we'll see if I dodge and block more punches than he lands. And that'll be a fun video to shoot. So uh, we'll definitely have some more stuff as this year continues on the rest stop. Thanks to Spencer the Wiz. He's my co-host. He's the producer. He's the heartbeat of the show. I appreciate all that he does. And we'll have some great stuff coming out as the year turns on. So as we move into the weekend, I hope everybody has a great, great weekend. We will hit some of the stuff we missed tonight, next week. Of course, the conversation of Russell Wilson. Is he going to be on the move? Well, that conversation came up today. We'll talk about that. Kyle Lowry, uh, the point guard of the Toronto Raptors, champion Kyle Lowry in the conversations. We'll see if anything happens over the weekend with the Raptors. So I hope everybody has a great weekend. Uh, I hope everyone stays safe out there. And we'll be back, as always, on Tuesday, 9 o'clock Pacific time. For Spencer the Wiz, I'm Brad the Believer. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you back live on Tuesday night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.